The InStuff podcast is sponsored by ScratchBand. Your hands are so helpful for doing so many things, but scratching your face should not be one of them. Basically, they go around picking up all kinds of germs and evil things from the surfaces around you, and then rub them into your eyes, nose, and mouth when you scratch your face. Until now. ScratchBand is a medical-grade silicon wristband designed to allow you to easily scratch your face with your wrist instead of your fingers and break the chain between the germs of the world and your body. More information at scratchband.life. Kristen, welcome to another week of the InStuff Podcast. Look at us, two weeks in a row. Yay, we're back on track. <laughs> and you only had to remind me once last week to edit the podcast. You did great. We got it out eventually. Yeah. <laughs> the problem was I had a Dark Winter Nights podcast do the same week. Yeah. And that's scary. But I'm going to work ahead now. Really? That's my goal. Yeah. Wow. I have a Halloween episode I'm super excited about, so that's going to help me get I'm Go excited. Ahead. I'm yeah. excited to hear it. It's good. It's, yeah. If Anyhow, you do say so yourself. If I do say so myself. It's not even my, I mean, I'm going to probably have one of my stories in there to help get to the 29 minute mark, but it's a story from a student about uh, her experiences with uh, sort of like the paranormal Ooh. in a super creepy way. Really? Yeah. I like that. Me too. How was your last week? Last week was good. I've almost forgotten it. (laughs) (laughs) That's how good it was. My, my, the way I approach life that way is I let the weeks roll by and I don't hold on to them too tightly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. (laughs) No attachment to the past. All right. Yeah. I, I think for full disclosure, we need to admit that before this episode on breathing, which for the record, I thought was going to be boring. You said it at the end of last but episode. I, I knew better. I knew <laughs> some, because this has happened so many times where you pick a topic that I think sounds really dull and that turns out to be really interesting. <laughs> I just like to continue to second guess you on that. But we were just coming out of doing the, what's his name? Wim Hof. Wim Hof breathing technique, where you do a bunch of quick, not kind of quick inhaling exhaling you Mm -hmm. sort of hyper oxygenate the body and then you hold your breath and see how long you can go and this was your first time this is my first time doing this as far as i'm aware uh, of specifically his method and i have just amazed at so many things (laughs) and it's kind of irritating because i'm so tired of judging your ideas as boring and then being amazed by them it's so annoying and i'm so annoyed too because this is one of those things you watch the videos on and it's like this is amazing this will change your life and i'm like it's just breathing people you've been doing it your whole life uh, like get me excited about breathing is like one of the most boring things it's literally just sitting there like um and so i also was just kind of irritated i don't know by how 
amazing it felt and how quick and amazing the results were. And I, I feel like a cliche right now. But you, That's what I'm with, with zero preparation, zero. excelled at breathing. Not only zero preparation, I'd eaten a pretty big chunk of <laughs> thick brownie that I made yesterday, which probably did not help. Not even like five minutes before we started. No, I was still like choking it down when this whole breathing <laughs> thing began. It's true. <laughs> yeah. So um, I feel weird right now. I'm still feeling some lingering effects, but in a good way, almost in a like. Uh, Describe how you feel. to say a sort of medically induced way. Really? <laughs> I feel a little bit like giddy and cheerful oh. and super mellow. That's cool. In a in a very odd way and it was all because of breathing and i mean part of that makes sense i mean we all know as i was telling you earlier you can make yourself lightheaded from trying to blow up balloons at birthday parties and right. stuff but that's usually considered a bad it's like something i hate and i'm trying to avoid so it was very interesting to do this and then feel when in the holding of like breath holding process feel a kind of euphoria come over me which they said is common mm -hmm. with this, which irritated me that I, <laughs> I'm just like, you have a common physiological I just, response I to just, it. Fine. Like they said this would happen and it actually happened. And then the first time I, I normally, if you just said, Rob, let's measure how long you can hold your breath. Sometimes it's under a minute, depending on the situation. Right. Generally it's, I figure I can go about a minute. The first time, when the minute timer went off, I was like, what? We're, we're 25 seconds into this. There's no way we're a minute into this. I had <laughs> just begun to hold my breath and a minute was gone. It goes fast. And then two minutes. And then I don't remember. I think the first one we made it to like 220 or something like that. I think it was almost 230. Yeah. And I'm the one that needed to stop. Right. Yeah. It's not a competition. No, no it's not. And so we did it four times. Um three of the they tended to be about 230 one of the times um what we made it to 248 before you needed to take a breath and i i was still feeling okay that's I mean, really good things can turn quickly so <laughs> but i felt like i could have made it to three minutes that's insane to <laughs> me never being able to hold your breath for a minute before maybe uh maybe as a kid like making it to a minute 10 or a minute 20 or something but I don't know. It's not like I have really kept track of this, but I can't imagine ever three minutes. So we did this with there, this, this Wim Hof breathing technique. We did mm -hmm. it with a guidance. It was guided, but it was guided by an app that's yeah. free to download. Right. And it's free. Cause and what is it called? Um, Wim Hof method, maybe. Okay. I'll look it up while you're. However, talking. he makes a point to say that he has not invented this technique. And mm -hmm. Breathing techniques have been, they've proliferated throughout history, human history. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, as far back as people developing like pranayama or Qigong, you've probably heard of Breath of Fire or box breathing, any number of different types of breathing techniques, some of them can achieve different ends. Mm -hmm. And so um, Wim Hof, we've, we've looked through some videos about him 
Um, and there's a Vice documentary that I have a link to that I'll share in the show notes. But he has integrated his breathing technique with cryotherapy. And by doing that, he he's used it to essentially kind of change his mental state. Mm. Like he had been kind of, you know, depressed. He has a whole long backstory. Not that it's boring, but it's better to hear it from him in mm-hmm. the documentaries than to hear it from us. But, I mean, that's really what had got him into cold therapy and breathing. But since then, he holds the record for being able to sit in cold water. It's like a two-hour record. Like, it's amazingly cold water. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll hike up mountains in nothing but shorts. Mm-hmm. He's run a marathon in the desert without drinking water. Like, he's done some pretty impressive physical feats. And he credits both the cryotherapy and the breathing technique together. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's also been, he and a few of his students who have learned the the techniques from him have been injected with viruses Mm -hmm. or like a specific virus. And they fought off the effects of the virus using these techniques too. Right. They basically proved that they can control their own adrenaline. It was a medically done thing, and right. and it was something clearly that's not really dangerous to you. Some sort of almost, I think, like an allergy trigger is kind of what I imagine. I thought it was E. coli. I don't know. I don't think it was. It was something that you can inject yourself with safely, but you would have a reaction to. Oh, okay. And they proved that they could overcome the auto... The immune 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 reaction that that sort of that reaction that your body uh irrational not irrational but unnecessary overreaction that your body has when you have um uh arthritis um inflammatory uh, response yeah basically yeah exactly that they could (laughs) we're playing charades you were moving your arms my arm like (laughs) this part hurts what does it mean train um you're sawing something no (laughs) It's uh, arthritis. That's what it is. Um, so they, they showed that they could control their own adrenaline to, to combat this. Because a lot of times if you have a, in, a like, I've, I don't know about you, but I've had some horrible allergies in the past. And if you can kind of boost your adrenaline, you can push them down yeah. and kind of defeat them. And so that was the, the amazing thing that they could control something that science thought could not be controlled mm-hmm. it just was a body's automatic reaction to something. right anyway you are um, correct yeah so uh first of all the app is called wim hof method it's w-i-m space h-o-h-o-f space method pretty easy i'm gonna download it myself because that was trippy <laughs> and then so there's things to customize but we did four rounds of this with 40 breaths quick not quick, but pretty intense breaths in and out. It's rapid breathing. We both were doing nasal breathing. Mm-hmm. And it is. It's it's 40 breaths, inhale and exhale. exhale and they're, they're rapid. And yeah. then at the bottom of the 40th breath, you hold. So right. you let all of your air out and you hold for as long as you can. Mm-hmm. And then what you get to as far as you can with your hold. And then what you do is you inhale and hold that for a few seconds and then you exhale and start the cycle over again. So we did four of those cycles. And we both had similar reactions in that 
as I think most people could imagine, you're feeling a lot of tingling, in, especially in your extremities, but not in an unpleasant way. And we were both sitting down in a comfortable place. So we didn't have to work because I felt like pretty lightheaded. Like, yeah, I was I felt like I would have probably fallen over if I was doing something. If I was standing up, at least it would have been unpleasant. Yeah. So it wasn't unpleasant because I felt secure in the in the on the couch. And then after all of this, we both, and even during it, you were experiencing ear ringing. The last cycle, my ears mm-hmm. started to ring, and I could feel my ears getting a little warm. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. That's the other thing I experienced was a, a, a warmth all over my body, which. When that happened, I was like, oh, so this is how he combats the cold of the, you know, ice Arctic water that he's swimming through or whatever, the ice bath that he's in. Because I felt a lot, yeah, a sort of a tremendous warmth pass through, pass over me. And then I thought of all the women up here in Fairbanks who were always cold. And I was like, oh, someone should tell them about this. <laughs> you should be breathing differently. But it crossed my mind as, you know, occasionally up here you through lack of planning or or whatever you end up in a situation where you're not like life-threateningly cold but you're uncomfortable it's like wow this would be incredibly handy to be able to use this technique and just warm my whole body up yeah without even having to move well looking through this material if you were to do like continue research and i don't know if you encountered it or not you will eventually hear of monks who go out and sit in the snow overnight and do these breathing cycles and by morning in the snow let me add that so be up in a mountain in the snow doing these breathing cycles and in the morning will be like this circle of melted snow around them Mm -hmm. when they come back in so this is this is something that has been around for a long time right yeah Yeah. and then after the ringing passed it was interesting we're both sitting there looking at each other with our ears ringing pretty (laughs) solid right mine had just happened more a little bit later and then this weird sound of what I described as almost like a cricket type chirping, but a constant sound. Like a high pitch. So, yeah, it sounded like, you know, a million crickets all chirping at once. So it all became like one con- constant noise. And you had that, too. Mm-hmm. And then and then you got up off the couch, but you were and you were still feeling a little bit weird at that point. My ears were ringing a little bit, but mm-hmm. I was fine. Yeah. Like I could walk. Everything was fine. But overall, still now, whatever, 10 minutes later, I just feel really chill and blissed out. Yeah. So when I first had come across Wim, Wim Hof and his breathing, I had listened to an early podcast. This was a number of years ago. And I was like, oh, breathing sounds interesting. So I looked into it a little bit more. And that kind of led me down this rabbit hole of like the different types of breathing and when to use them. And I fell into this idea of nose breathing, mm-hmm. which was also really interesting. Um, and I because what at the time I had been in like an endurance runner, just like running long distances. And what I was discovering was that people were running at a pace that allowed them to only breathe through their nose. And by switching their diet and their breathing their in their running practice, they could uh, switch to like a fat burning mode instead of burning carbs. Oh. So like they're in ketosis. It's mm-hmm. not, and I was interested in getting to that point 
and I don't know that I ever got to the point where I was in ketosis and burning fat on these long runs, but it was an interesting journey because I did get to the point where I could run with my mouth closed, just nose breathing. Hmm. And it was a nice pace. It's a pace where you can talk comfortably mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and hold on the conversation. But that pace is, I mean, you, I feel like I could run at that pace for hours. Wow. And so that was really neat. And, you know, the more I started looking into breathing, the more people had to say about what like nasal breathing does and what the benefits are. Your sinuses, when you breathe through your nose, condition the air. Mm. So you get more moisture in your body and you retain more moisture than if you were just to like breathe through your mouth, in through your mouth, and then out through your mouth. In addition, when your nose breathing and it's counterintuitive, you can inhale more oxygen-rich air than you can with your mouth. Mm. Which, hmm. that doesn't seem intuitive, does it? No. Yeah, but it's true. Hmm. But a lot of people are out of practice, nose breathing. And there are a number of reasons for that. That reminds me of how reindeer have a spiral nasal canal. I didn't know that. And so when they breathe in, it warms up the air, but it also takes the moisture out of it. So they get a little drink every time they breathe. That's like they're distilling the air. Kind of. Yeah, I guess. Wow. So that was kind of wild when you, yeah. We think of how animals have adapted or evolved, depending on. That's really cool. You're a scientist and you know what the difference is. I get adaption and evolution confused. But anyway, yeah. So yeah, when you say that, that I didn't, I never, that never crossed my mind that that would apply to humans at all. But I can see it's not like you're getting, you know, a little drink like a reindeer is, but you're getting more uh, a moister air that you're also, I mean, you're cleaning the air a little bit. Mm -hmm. So. Um, if there's a cold around, you might have a chance of catching it if you're breathing through your nose as opposed to your mouth. Catching it, less less chance of catching it. That's the, right. The nose is like a rudimentary uh, air filter. But anyway. There's, there's also a book out um, by James Nestor, and it's called Breath or Breathe. Hmm. No, it's called Breath. <laughs> is it an A or is it spelled it the same way? It Oh, right, right. That's a definite. Breathe. That's yeah. what I was thinking. It's called Breathe, the new science of a lost art. Um, and I haven't read through the whole book yet, but what he does is he talks about how in a very short period of time, only hundreds of years, the shape of the human sinus cavity has changed hmm. because of how our diets have changed. What? Yeah. Because we don't chew as much food anymore. Our food is more processed. Oh. It's changed how our sinuses are shaped and it's essentially made our nasal cavity a little bit smaller and he gives examples of why he says this so please don't take my word for it Mm -hmm. it's in the book okay lavar burton (laughs) he also um gave a talk uh at the long now foundation uh basically talking about these similar things, but, you know, in a 45 minute talk. And that's an interesting talk to listen to too, because he tracks this historical progression of how sinus, human sinus cavities have changed over time. Mm -hmm. And he's also conducted, um, I I don't want to call it research because it was him and one other person, but this test, what would happen if you, purposefully closed off your nose to Mm -hmm. nose breathing and just 
breathe through your mouth for a year. Whoa. And it changed his health. And then he switched and he just breathed through his nose. Mm-hmm. He tried to as best he could for mm-hmm. a year and, and that corrected a number of things, Whoa. which was really fascinating to listen to mm-hmm. as well. So um, hmm. I recommend the book or okay. just listening to the, um, I almost said TED Talk. It's not a TED Talk. It's um, a talk at the Long Now Foundation. Okay. And they're linked in the show notes. Cool. Awesome. Well, now that we're like, whatever, 20 minutes into this, what? let's give a little summary of what we're talking about today. Ah. <laughs> we're talking about breathing and cryogenics no No. so cryotherapy cryotherapy i threw that in just because a lot of times when you hear people talk about breathing and breathing techniques it's tied to this idea of cryotherapy too Mm. and so i thought touching on why that seems to be is important and i've never gotten into cold baths is usually Mm. when you when you hear people talk about cryotherapy and breathing it's usually ice baths and things like that. Have you done that before? No, nah, never like a, I don't think I've ever done a, like a really big ice bath. It would have been in sports or something. And most of the time I was just spraining my ankle. So you just put that in ice. <laughs> that reminds me, I did. I did take a, a few second dunk in an iced bath. Mm-hmm. And it was when I was in Germany, in Baden-Baden, I went through one of those like 14-step baths. Oh, okay. And one of the steps is an ice bath. Wow. But it had a totally different response in my body. Ooh, and then I... <laughs> Let's backtrack a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> then I was in Yellowstone once. And... <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it is all over the world. It's like, where in the world is Kristen Buffard right now? No. <laughs> it just, I forgot. Uh, this, so this was the trip coming moving from north carolina to alaska okay uh and there was a week well almost like five days where we had camped at yellowstone and we're just hiking through and there was a lot of time on the road this is gonna be a story i'm gonna regret sharing (laughs) (laughs) just realized well you got two feet into it already so there's no way to back out so when you're on the road eating a diet that's pretty inconsistent at restaurants, you know, yeah. not a lot of things move through at a regular pace. So Tell this me is, more. This is where I am <laughs> in the wilderness. I'm like, well, this is perfect because there's no bathrooms around, right? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're hiking through and I'm wearing a backpack and we get to a water crossing. Then it's like a medium sized. It's not quite a river, but it's a big stream mm-hmm. and you can ford it where yeah. the trail crossed it. But it was glacier fed. It was cold, cold. And it was also deep, like above the waist. And so we start through and I have my shoes off and I'm wading through this very, 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 very cold water. Mm -hmm. My pack is above my head and I get into the middle of the stream, like Mm -hmm. where it's the deepest. I'm like, (gasps) and I realized all of a sudden that like a week or so worth The time has come. The time has come. And I was like, oh my gosh. I had to like run through the rest of the stream and I got to the other side, <laughs> threw my pack down and ran into the wood line, but that just fixed everything. Oh, interesting. It was very, it was, well, very cool, literally, but also like that was, that was the trick. I never thought we would have constipation advice <laughs> on the Insta podcast, but that's why we called it Instuff. Instuff. Because it's, you know, breathing and stuff and today... That happened to be how to clear constipation in one simple method. I really need to think through the stories Fjord, I share. Uh, <laughs> Yellowstone. 
Was there more to the Baden-Baden story or? Well, I think I suspect that is why that step of the bath is there. But oh, really, it's like a health bath thing. So it's a health cure all your ailments. Exactly. So all of the different steps of the bath, you know, they were progressively colder baths that you would uh-huh. go into. They started warm and they got colder. Uh-huh. And there was, you know, one station you're getting exfoliated essentially with these very stiff natural hair brushes Ugh. by these very large women in oh in scrubs essentially yeah it was it was a fascinating experience and every then every stereotype i could imagine of a health spa in germany at the end though once you're done you can go and sit out in like these shared bath spaces so up to a point, it's just women walking through the bath. And then at mm-hmm. the end, in the shared bath space, it's men and women together. So you can just kind of sit there and have conversations. But then at the very, very end, you can go into this quiet room. And what they do is they kind of, there's like, you know, put on some lotion. And you go into a room of these, they look like hospital beds almost. And they all have very white, clean sheets. And so you jump in. And somebody tucks you in really tight, like you're swaddled. Oh. <laughs> and then you just lay there until you're ready to go, which oh, is also really wow. cool. Mm-hmm. I want to do that. <laughs> Maybe we can rig it up in my house. You have to invite like a whole cast and crew to yeah. facilitate this, though. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting. Like, I would do it again. Okay. So what is it about breathing that you learned for today's podcast and or why did you think it was worth talking about? So the reason I think it's worth talking about is, well, there are a number of reasons, but my personal reasons are, one, I think it's one of the most direct ways to control our um, rest and digest Mm -hmm. part of the brain as opposed to that fight or flight. Right. So being able to access and control the parasympathetic nervous system or parasympathetic nervous system where things are kind of normally doing things without us thinking about them. Mm -hmm. We can, you know, slow things down, control our anxiety a little bit better, control our heart rate, just kind of improve uh, our mental state. Mm -hmm. But I've noticed as I've focused on improving my breathing, one in running and then two just you know when i feel myself getting anxious now i'll try to control my breathing or if i can't sleep i'll try box breathing and usually i'm able to fall asleep faster like mm-hmm. my resting heart rate has dropped dropped like my resting heart rate in the evenings now and i i track it through the aura ring mm-hmm. my resting heart rate is usually between 35 and 38 beats per minute wow yeah and if I have a day where, like, I have a longer run, it'll be a little bit higher. But if normal, I always thought it was run. Is in that in like the forties or something like that? A resting heart rate for a healthy person, yes. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So it's low, low. Let's see what I'm at. And I had surgery a couple of years ago. My heart rate was low to the point that I was on that heart rate monitor that they put you on mm. after surgeries. Just, you know, if something goes wrong, the alarm mm-hmm. goes off. Yeah. That alarm kept going off because they kept <laughs> dropping below 40 beats per minute. And uh, they're like, is this normal? I'm like, yeah, this, all, you know, this is normal for me. And uh, finally, they just turned it off. Wow. Yeah. You're like, hope you don't die. I'm not going to die. It's normally <laughs> what it is. <laughs> so there's that. And I think... You know, reading, I'm excited to read through that, the book, Breath, because 
even beyond being able to control anxiety and to kind of feel a little bit better um, physiologically, mm-hmm. have entertaining the idea that nose breathing in particular can um, improve general health, I think is exciting. So yeah. I'm just kind of, I'm going to stay on board for that too. Okay. I think, you know, my problem is breathing just is, seems boring because it seems like how, how can something that we do all the time really have a significant impact by, you know, changing that a little bit? It's just breathing, you know, but, you know, when, when I get stressed out or when I'm trying to fall asleep, one of the best ways to address it is to control breathing i typically do like when i when i feel like i'm i'm i don't know freaking out a little bit like deep breath hold it for a while just trying to slow the heart rate down exhale Mm -hmm. so i have incorporated some of these techniques already in my life uh same thing trying to fall asleep just like slow your breathing way down and and as a way to calm down because we live in 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 such a stressful anxious environment these days right where we all just have a, but not we all, but a lot of us just have a baseline unhealthy level of stress that we need to start to control. And then in researching it, I was amazed at through TED Talks and other um, scientific articles, the the impact breathing can can have on like soldiers with PTSD. Mm-hmm. One of the videos I watched talked about how we, one of the things we try and do with, with stressed out people is tell them to meditate. And what they end up doing is just sitting there and having a million things run through their mind. Right. It's very hard to, to stop that hamster wheel in meditation, which I find too. You know, we talked about float tanks last time. Mm-hmm. I just sat in the float tank, floated in the float tank last night. Sitting's not as fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I I can't get my brain to stop. And I try, you know, I'm in there for almost an hour and there'll be brief moments where I feel like I start to sort of float off. But I just keep coming back to problems, to things I'm mad about, things I'm worried about, sometimes long, old grudges or whatever. And, and so it's really, really hard to meditate and I mean, certainly it's all, it's good. Just the process of stopping, slowing down and, and all that can be good. But when you compare it to how simple it is to control your breathing, especially with this app yeah, and the incredible results. And so one of the, one of the lectures talked about how they're trying to treat PTSD and soldiers with medicine and, um, meditation and, and how just breathing seems to have had a tremendous effect on um, countering the the effects of PTSD. I think that's what makes it really exciting because it's accessible for everybody who can mm-hmm. breathe. Right. And it's free. And <laughs> it is free. Mm-hmm. Like, all you need to do is just make some time mm-hmm. to focus on it. And, you know, even a little bit of improvement is great. Yeah. There was that also um, in the, and I guess it's the late 1900s, 
there was she was born and there's this woman Katerina Schroff born in 1894 and she had been born with scoliosis and she figured out that she could correct and treat her scoliosis through breathing wow well she figured you know she tried a number of things and she figured well i have these airbags essentially inside my body why Mm -hmm. not use them and she developed this way of inflating her lungs to help correct her spine wow to the point that she developed a therapy that people can use to help Mm. and correct or at least to treat therapeutically um, treat scoliosis scoliosis therapeutically which i think is fascinating yeah yeah at the time she was also derided by the medical community because she was not a doctor Mm -hmm. when she came up with this but since then her technique has been adopted by Mm. doctors Mm. and um is accepted i would say at least by some people Mm -hmm. and I i thought that was really fascinating too yeah one one thing that's maybe a little bit tangential here is I the internet let me down today because the internet's supposed to be where you can find any sort of information quick and easy right mm-hmm. and it certainly wasn't helping me which made me think that we need to do internet searches in a different way too but I had heard that you can't control how being around other people influences your uh, physiological reactions. So if you're at a meeting and somebody's heart rate is really high and they're breathing really fast, your body just automatically mirrors that. Mm-hmm. It's uh, as you can imagine from days of old, if you're in a, a, a tribe of people and somebody's freaking out, like that's probably a pretty good sign <laughs> that everybody, everybody should be freaking out, you know? <laughs> and so there's an automatic, you know, mirroring of that. Well, if you Google mirroring, you know, heart rate or mirroring breathing or something like that, you just get a billion results that are all about some technology that allows, called mirror, that allows people to, doctors or physicians or something to gauge your health based on video of you. Oh, really? And it made me think, web searches need to change because you're giving me a million of one thing, you know? When I ask for a donut, don't give me a million pictures of the same donut. Give me like, here's one donut. Here's a different donut. I want my Google search to come back in like four columns. Mm -hmm. Here's what we think you mean, but here's what people secondarily sometimes are referring to here. Here's third and, and stop giving me just page after page of the same basic result. Have you, have you ever tried searching multiple phrases in parentheses or not or in quotation marks i this is one i just had such a kind of vague grasp on oh i got you that i didn't know how i didn't know how to put a search in to get the results i wanted it was just giving me all this one result of this new technology gotcha when i said mirror i meant literally like copying you know someone else is like mirroring their nonverbals or something. Yes. And it meant, it thought I meant this technology huh? and I was stuck there. I was like, I don't, now I need to come up with a, some sort of, um, what's the word? Uh, precognitive search strategy. <laughs> 
No. Google, what am I searching for? Uh, it's not a pseudonym. It's not a homonym. Synonym? Uh, a synonym for mirror, you know? Because these jerks invented this thing called mirror and now... Like reflection? I can't... Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. But I, I want to say we need a new search engine. We need to do searches differently. Because if Google thinks that it knows what you want it's not gonna you're gonna have to go through like a hundred pages i don't need 1.2 million results in a fifth of a second i want 30 great results over a variety of topics you're so demanding <sighs> anyhow i had heard about this idea that which creeped me out that if somebody's freaking out around you you don't really have a choice to, to but to respond and and mirror them in their breathing and hurry and that kind of stuff. And it's bad. But what I found out when I, when I couldn't find that specific research was that speaking of breath, you can get secondhand stress from the breath of people around you. Okay. If Have you heard of this? I've heard of it, but I feel like knowing what we know now we can take control of that situation. If if you know it's happening, I think you can counteract it, as with a lot of things. But they took like the sweat of people who were about to go skydiving, Ooh. and then they <laughs> they like let people smell it no, or something. No, no, why are we While going they here? were looking at pictures, anyway, basically, <laughs> people you, sweat. <laughs> you exhale stress when you're stressed out, and people around you can inhale it. Hmm. and experience an <laughs> increased level of stress just from that. So we're also linking to that in show notes. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to include that. Too. You, I, I see the link right here. Okay, great. It'll be in there. All right. So anyway, um, do you have like a regular regimen for breathing? Is this something that's just interests you or is this something you have incorporated into your daily life? 100% I incorporate it into my daily life. How? Yeah. Usually when I am ready to sleep, mm -hmm. like I will kick in box breathing mm -hmm. just to, if I have any residual. Which is the breathe in for hold for four, exhale for four. I choose for four. four. You can choose a number that's comfortable mm -hmm. but and then just kind of build off of it. So it, you're right. So you inhale for four, hold that breath for four, exhale for a count of four. And then at the bottom of that breathing, just count to four with your lungs empty and then start mm -hmm. the cycle over again. Okay. Yeah. And there are a number of different um, breathing structures that achieve different ends. And mm -hmm. so that one I just use personally to relax, to just relax my body. And it does happen to relax my mind as well. And I fall asleep faster, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I know actually when I do it, I can see how fast I fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, using that aura ring, it tracks sleep latency, which is how quickly you fall asleep from a waking state. Hmm. It's like a rough estimate of how long does it take you to fall asleep? So like three to six minutes is usually great. I think mm -hmm. I count that as a win. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. I would be very happy with three to six minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. I, when I am in the float tank and I recognize that I'm, my mind is still racing. I'll try and use focusing on breathing and, and I don't know if I use the box method, but I definitely just try and 
zero in on feeling that air coming into my nose and out Mm -hmm. as a way to slow down and and try and stop my mind from racing and get into a meditative state. Yeah. It's kind of tough. I need a little bit better of a routine when I go in there to get the most out of it. Over the past week, have you tracked your resting heart rate? No. Oh, Rob. (laughs) Come on. Come on. We're doing the podcast. Come on. I'm also curious, like, what what the iPhone is tracking. Can it track respiration, too? Wait, maybe my watch can figure that out. That's what I meant. Your your Apple Watch. Yeah. Where is... I see the runny guy. Where's the thing that tells me, like, how I'm doing right now? Like a health app. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, talk about something while I do this. So the other thing that got me interested in looking into this breathing and cold thermogenesis, I had heard the people from Morisco Forge who had developed a relatively inexpensive ice bath system. So they have this ice bath that is engineered in such a way that it takes what would conventionally be considered a reduced amount of energy to keep the tub water cold. Hmm. So I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about how they came about developing the system. And in addition to developing the tub, they've also developed, um, it's a breathing method that they use in conjunction with a cold therapy that isn't as intense as Wim Hof's breathing method. It's much more about being present and being in the moment, which I thought was fascinating to listen to as they described it, because it's all about paying attention. And again, they didn't, they haven't developed this. This is taken from more historical breathing practice, but it's about being present and thinking about things deliberately, deliberate, <laughs> like talking deliberately, you know, my eyes are open. This is what I see. These are the things that I smell. This is what I'm tasting. This is what my hands feel like. And just kind of checking in with all the parts mm. of your body. And then like my feet are planted on the ground. This is what I'm feeling. Mm. The ground is beneath me. And this is before they even get into a cold bath. So it is kind of preparing the mind for an experience like that. And part of that is breathing too, um, hmm. which was really cool. Did you find your app? Yeah, it says my awake average is 92 beats per minute. That's your, so your awake heart rate. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I This, I believe, is coming off my watch. I don't know how accurate it is. Um, and I've literally just just looked at it, but. Your active My heart- average awake beat per minute is 68 beats per minute. My okay. minimum was 57. My maximum was 92. Right on. For That's the day? That's over the month. Oh, wow. Over today was like pretty, pretty insane. I spent two hours below 87, an hour and a half between 187 and 122, and 18 minutes at 122 to 157. Hmm. This doesn't seem healthy to me. <laughs> anyway. Oh, wow. This is fun to look at all these things that I'm doing terrible at. According to this, I got two hours and 45 minutes of sleep last night. That's terrible. But that's not accurate because I don't wear I don't wear anything when I go to bed. Okay. So it has no idea. I'm glad it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. No, it would be terrible. Yeah. Um. I I don't 
I'm pretty much have exhausted everything that I've <laughs> I researched about breathing. It was pretty interesting. Yeah. And definitely the exercise that we did before this was eye opening and I'm kind of excited to I don't know, like make a bar bet with somebody that I can hold my breath for more than two minutes. <laughs> well, you get better too. The more you do this, the longer you yeah. can hold your breath. Mm -hmm. The funny thing about this was, you know, I had heard about it initially and I was like, oh, wow, I can control breathing and it's going to make me feel better. But it took me a long time to mm -hmm. actually put it in practice. And then once I started, I realized that it's really easy to do. It's really easy to get good at. And there are a lot of different ways to implement it. So, I mean, I started with running, but then I, you know, that was just to be able to run slowly at a, con at a consistent pace with mm. my mouth closed. But I wasn't doing it at the time for like controlling anxiety or getting into a relaxed state so I could fall asleep faster. But mm -hmm. eventually when I tried those, I could, I found I could do that relatively easily like i'm not trying hard i'm just breathing but mm -hmm. doing it with purpose yeah really um has had i've seen immediate impact mm -hmm. which is cool yeah so if people are even just curious i would recommend just like try it once and see how it is mm -hmm. if you don't like it you don't like it but right it's super easy especially when you're in those times where you catch yourself as you're kind of freaking out a little bit yeah. or you can't fall asleep where you really will feel the tangible benefits of, of breathing, you know. I catch myself like just driving down the road, and occasionally, like I'll, I'll notice that I'm holding my mm -hmm. air in my chest up high mm -hmm. and not mm -hmm. breathing very deeply, like I have very shallow breaths, and mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I should really just take a full breath, mm -hmm. and calm down. Yep. Yeah. Yeah current record by the way for holding your breath is uh, apparently 11 minutes 35 seconds for men eight minutes 23 seconds for women that's amazing part of this too which i didn't spend a whole lot of time getting into but i've heard people talk about free divers mm -hmm. and how long they're holding their breath and the benefits that communities of free divers enjoy mm -hmm. because they're able to control their breathing so well yeah which is super cool too which seems to come down to controlling heart rate yeah. as well so it's not just holding your breath but it's getting your body to slow down yeah cool all right well try trust me if, if you're into a weird want a trippy experience and you want to blow people away with how long you can hold your breath try out this wim hof <laughs> breathing thing whenever people say trust me i'm immediately put off yeah <laughs> All right, don't trust me. I don't care. <laughs> Take my word for it. Right. Okay, so let's see. Now we do what's blown us away. Yeah, but you know, I'm going to cop out because I've spent so much time <laughs> looking at breathing. Mm -hmm. I just want breathing to also be the thing that blew me away. No pun intended. <laughs> All right. Because it's amazing. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. And I wanted to use the whole like secondhand stress thing as my surprise, but I, I figured that I felt like that was cheating. So <laughs> again, call this, me a cheater. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can't be surprised. Whatever. I'm I guess not. you can't. I'm just calling you out. <laughs> um, the thing that, have I talked about the Easterlin paradox? I don't recall the Easterlin okay, paradox. Good. 
because um, I'm starting to lose track here of what I've already mentioned. But the Easterlin paradox is the idea that after our basic needs are met, additional consumption does little to nothing to improve our happiness and mental health. And so I, I like the idea that we tend to think of people who, who have so much more than us as significantly happier than us, that this is just a line that keeps going up and up and when you get billions of dollars you're just that many thousands oh. of times happier than the regular average person and according to this you're not right and there's so much evidence that that's the case i mean the more you learn about people who are much wealthier than you after a certain point which i had heard years ago was like if you make seventy five thousand dollars a year or more you're as happy as you're going to be. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> and that was a few years ago. So maybe that's gone up. Just due to, to inflation, though. To, due to inflation. Um, but anyway, so I like, to, I like to bring that up because there's just this inherent belief, default belief, that money is joy. And the more you have, that's that's the goal. Because I keep, you know, I'm I'm trying to build a business. And so you listen to all these books on how to start a business. And, and of course they all have to be littered with crazy success stories about so-and-so failed and failed and failed. And then overnight they came up with this idea and now it's making them a million dollars a month. Uh, okay. Well, that's certainly a successful business in the sense of making money. Mm -hmm. But is there any other metric that we have for this? <laughs> and why do you just assume that that's what I want is to make a million dollars a month? You, why would you? I mean, look at all the people whose lives were ruined by right. their success. Do you think that perspective of, you know, like making more money is better is a Western perspective? Or do you think that's the kind of like overall universal i say universal but like worldwide perspective if mm. i had more money i would be happier I, I definitely think it's a it's a western perspective but i don't think it's unique to the west okay i'm certainly aware of other cultures that that struggle with this and one of the things that i've that i've struggled with when it comes to the uk is like how can you have royalty you know why are you holding up these people as they're better than everyone else for no other reason than who they were born to, you know, that's, that's crazy, you know, and that, so you must have much more trouble in the UK with, with people like feeling better than other people in this battle for status. And then I look at the United States and I'm like, Oh no, we have our own royalty mm -hmm. and they're, they're idolized for being rich or for being famous, whether or not they actually earned it. Yeah. A lot of times they're born into it too. And we just assume that they are somehow touched by God and ask yourself, how many movies have you seen where a rich person loses everything and doesn't get it back? Right. Somehow people don't want to see that. They don't want to see wealthy people, um, get, get knocked down unless they're somehow, evil in the story you know <laughs> then we want to see that all the time but typically there's this sense of it's tragic if a wealthy person was to somehow have to live a normal life without their money that that that's a really sad story if they'd have to just go get a regular job like somebody else because they're they're from this 
superhuman group. Interesting. So anyway, um, I just, I, I feel like you have to counter that because you get it from everywhere all the time. I don't counter it because it's not true. And it's not true. It's a waste yeah. of time. But so many people, and, and I don't, I haven't been chasing money so much because I don't really know how <laughs> to get rich, but I've been chasing fame. Yeah. For sure. And that's another one that people just assume you're happy if if you're well known. They have no and, desire to be famous. And that's amazed me that there are people who have no desire to be famous. Why would you not want to be famous? I don't want to be anybody. And I don't get that. So but it's kind of goes along that same lines. Like after I after I think it in a sort of parallel version of the Easterland paradox and the Prince paradox. <laughs> I'm sure someone else has already done this, but I'm going to try and pretend like I'm inventing it. After you've reached a certain amount of credibility and feeling of importance, feeling more important doesn't make you happier. Right. I feel like we're going to be like stumbling into the realms of Buddhism if we are trying to counter the Rob paradox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <like> the Prince paradox. <laughs> yeah. I was watched a documentary about David Bowie last week and he was talking about what fame is worth and he's he said well you know it's great for getting a table at an exclusive restaurant or tickets to a, a to a you know a sold out show but other than that it's a pain in the butt right and part of me is like yeah i certainly can see that but part of me is also like well you got to do this play no one would have ever had you allowed you to do this play if you weren't famous so I don't think you're thinking about all the different things that come along with fame, but you want the right around, right amount of fame and you want fame for the right reason. <laughs> you get too famous or famous for a bad reason. That's bad. But you got to just like find that thing where you're just famous enough that people aren't, you know, terrible to you. So is it fame that you're interested in or do you just want opportunity? Yeah, that's a good point because there's a lot of things I want to do that would be a lot easier to do if I was famous. Mm -hmm. So do I want to do it because do I want the fame because it opens doors or do I just want the doors open? Yeah. I guess I, that's another way to frame my question. I, I still want the fame, I think because of like weird childhood issues. You like it. Like when you're walking through town and somebody's like, Hey, aren't you that guy? Yep. It okay. makes me feel important in a way that I didn't feel important when I was a kid because I was not, was very rarely recognized anywhere. I gotcha. Um, there's part of that. It's part of um, maybe a competitive thing mm -hmm. too. Like I want to be the best in a place. Sorry, the sun is blazing through the windows here <laughs> on this uh, late September day. And... What? I feel like there was another reason reason. why Rob wants to be famous. Why Rob, and I thought I was over this. Um, like you thought you were over it this year? One of year? it is a genuine, <laughs> not bad reason to want to be famous. And that is, I just like the idea of bringing people joy just by showing up somewhere. Interesting. And that, you know, and so I've, as you've witnessed, I've done a number of, of things that bring get gained a lot of attention. I bought a DeLorean 
which is like being friends with someone who's famous. You've showed up places in a spacesuit. I have a spacesuit and other things I've done just to try and like bring people joy. <laughs> and I love the idea that just by showing up somewhere, people would be like, oh my gosh, it's so great. Um, you know, like I saw a video of like, Tom Hanks like showed up at a wedding one time and everyone was like, oh my gosh, he this is amazing. I guess he kind of crashed a wedding. I don't know. And everyone was so happy. <laughs> that seems presumptive, but okay. Can you imagine just going through life and people being thrilled that you showed up somewhere? No, but I don't think that I want to do, I don't want to be that person either. The downside is how do you have like a real friendship with someone? Yeah. How do you know what someone, because when you reach that level, they're hanging out with you, not f for you, but for their own they want to raise their social status. Mm -hmm. So that's where I say like, you want to be famous, but not so famous that people are just obsessed with raising their social status by being around you. Yeah. That's a bad thing. That would make me sad. Yeah. Okay. Well, now we come to the point where we talk about what we're going to talk about next week. And it's your turn. It's my turn. And I forgot to think of something. You always forget. <laughs> I know. What I don't are we know. doing? We've what only are we doing? done this like a million times. <laughs> what am I really? Well, fame would be a fun one to talk about. Should we well, talk we just about talked fame? about it, but let's oh, talk about it. we already talked about it. All right. Unless you have more to say. <sighs> what What are the... It would give us a reason to watch the movie Envy. Oh, yeah? Sure. Talking about fame? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to pick fame. I've talked about it a little <laughs> bit already. I'm sorry about that. And maybe we can cut that off. Maybe I'll edit that out if I get around to it. But let's talk about fame and what it, what it really means, why people really want it. Um, and yeah, part of what's um, sort of swirling around in my mind right now is this whole Gabby Petito murder um, missing person kind of thing that's been big in the news lately okay because she was in this she had a lot of life struggles and she yeah definitely having some tough times but presented herself on whatever social media i'll just say as being super happy traveling around with her fiance in this van and everything's wonderful and this sort of instagram life and that gotcha. desire for fame through that concealing all of the the negative things and then creating this feeling of you know envy mm -hmm. presumably among the people around her while fabricating a, a life that didn't exist you know in many ways yeah that i would actually like to talk about that okay that let's is... talk about fame okay <laughs> and there are some good documentaries about it too um yeah and it, it it's it's amazing stuff. So, all right, we'll talk about fame next time on the Insta Podcast. Kristen, thanks so much for coming by today. Thank you. <laughs>Thanks for listening to the InStuff podcast. If you'd like to join the discussion or see links to the things we referenced in today's episode, feel free to pop on over to instuffpodcast.com. That's the letter N, stuffpodcast.com. If you're enjoying the InStuff podcast, check out my other podcast, Dark Winter Nights, True Stories from Alaska. In each episode, we share amazing true stories from Alaska told by the Alaskans who experienced them. 
The New York Times recently called Dark Winter Nights the best winter podcast for storytelling lovers. Check out Dark Winter Nights True Stories from Alaska wherever you get your podcasts or at darkwinternights.com. The InStuff podcast is sponsored by ScratchBand. Your hands are so helpful for doing so many things, but scratching your face should not be one of them. Basically, they go around picking up all kinds of germs and evil things from the surfaces around you and then rub them into your eyes, nose, and mouth when you scratch your face. Until now. ScratchBand is a medical-grade silicon wristband designed to allow you to easily scratch your face with your wrist instead of your fingers and break the chain between the germs of the world and your body. More information at scratchband.life.